not a doctor. I done told you all that. And I didn't sleep at the Best Western or whatever it is last night. So not, you know, um, there's so much science involved in it. I see both sides. So I don't think we can err on the side of caution on that. That's why we disinfect everything every week. We wipe down if you go to the restrooms. We do all that stuff. So we're trying to make sure we keep people safe so we can continue to have church. Don't want to have to shut down. Not going backwards. Going forward. So, but anyway, so we're glad you're here this morning. And uh, if you want to open up your bulletin, I got a couple things in there for you. Mask. Deborah, go put your mask on. Don't forget, Monday night, we're at 7 o'clock. We will have an online Bible study. So it's Facebook Live. If you tune in to uh, New Life Marksville on Facebook, you will see our Bible study is on there. And, hey, if you share it, get your friends to like the Facebook page because if they like the page, then they'll be notified when we do this. But it'll be on Facebook Live. We'll have our, uh, our weekly Bible study on there. And uh, don't forget, also on Wednesday, we will be here live with, with Refresh Wednesdays. I don't know about you, but I need some refresh on Wednesdays. Um, and we've just been allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of direct those services. And uh, somebody told me they kind of like the Sunday night service. Um, hey, you know what? We're just going to continue to have a good time and let, let the Lord lead us on that. Uh, don't forget also that we've been putting some scriptures in here for you to memorize. If you don't know this one here, I'm going to fuss you. Genesis 1-1. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So let's. Let's continue to, to memorize some scriptures. We need to get some things inside of us. Amen. Uh, yes, it is a little warm in here. We have uh, one air conditioned unit. They're coming to fix Monday. And that one right there, we're still trying to see if we can find parts for it. So <laughs> we're running on two today and we got them. We got them cranked. So, uh, yeah, Jesus, just another reason why we all need to go to heaven. <laughs> I like it nice and cool. Okay, enough of all that. Jesus. Uh, today we're going to talk about if all you had were stones, we're going to continue where, where we've been going. Uh, if you were here Wednesday, you got a precursor to this. And uh, I kind of talked about it a little bit on Wednesday uh, about King David and some things in there. But uh, guys, we've got to continue to fight. We've got to continue to be bold. We've got to stand up and be what the world needs us to be today. And that is the children of God. That's, that's who we've got to be. It's the, the children of God. We've got to stand up and we've got to fight what the enemy is doing. Because he is attacking today more than, than I've seen. More than I've seen. You know, I'm talking about when you're out and about, when you're in your home. He is attacking. He is doing things. He's trying to twist the truth. He's, he's doing all these things trying to make us walk away. But we're too close to the finish line to walk away now. It's just we can't do it. So that's where we're going we're gonna to get into today is this. And uh, so... Just wanted y'all to, uh, to know about that. Uh, the governor has uh, called for a day of, uh, well, three days of prayer and fasting. Uh, was it the 20th, 21st, and 22nd? I can't remember what it was. Three days. Hold on, I'm getting in here. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, from what I read in there, it's a lunchtime fast. So let, let's pray specifically against this virus. Specifically against the virus, right? And let's pray for unity in our country. Let's, let's focus on two things. So during your lunchtime on Wednesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, take time and pray, right? Fast from food. If, if you're physically able to do that, fast from food. And let's, let's make sure that we're, we're focusing and we're joining in 
it came up on a conference call with the governor uh, a couple weeks ago that, that somebody asked, why don't we call for another prayer for our, our state? And he was just like, let's do it. So we're going to do that, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to pray. We're going to focus on this virus and we're going to focus on unity in our nation again. Amen. So those are some important things for us. And so listen, I know we don't have some of the issues here that, that some places do, but there are a lot of hurting people because of the virus. There are a lot of hurting people because of the, the, the disunity that's going on in the nation. I, I read posts. I know I share this stuff with you. I, I read a post the other day uh, from a pastor in a, in a pastor's group that I'm a part of. There's, you know, thousands of people in it. And, and it was just so sad that, you know, I see this pastor. You can hear it in his voice of how beat down he is because of having to deal with all of this stuff. And, and that was part of, I, didn't know if you, I don't know if you've all seen that video I put out on my Facebook page, on the church. I put it on my personal page. It was about 10 minutes long, just an encouraging word. If you haven't, go find it. R. Newman Jr. on one word. And, and it was just about the fact that we can't give up. We've got to continue to fight, right? We, we've got to continue to be who God has called us to be as, as leaders. It was specifically directed to the leadership of the body. We, we can't be tired. We can't stop. You know, because I, I hear the complaints all the time. Well, how do we do outreach? I, I've got like, again, here we haven't had to deal with this, but we've got churches that only 10% of the congregations have returned. And, and those pastors are struggling with this. And, and one of the things I told them was, is why do you need a building in the first place? If people won't come back to the building, go out and encourage them. Go out and love on them. Go out and tell somebody about Jesus. We've got to get back to our first love. We've got to get back to the zeal on, on when we got saved, we were going to change the world, right? And, and I reminded these leaders and pastors of the fact that, you know, when, why did you go to that church? Why did you start that church? Why did you become a part of that church? Because you felt God wanted to change an area. Why have we become tired, right? Same thing for us as, as believers, you know, so we, we need to continue to push forward and, and, you know, be praying for our pastors because like I've told you before, there's no pastor alive that's ever had to deal with this. None of us. It's all uncharted area, uncharted waters. And, and can I tell you the other thing that I hear from pastors when I talk to them? I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> and you know what I always tell them? Love on Jesus, man. Love people, love Jesus. That's, that's what we got to do. Let's, let's help teach people how to eat, right? Let's teach them the word of God. Let's love people and share the word of God with people. That's, that's all we got to be doing, guys. It's not hard. It's not hard. So we're going to pray this morning. But before I do that, I want to I remind you, I want to thank everyone that's continued to give. You know, the word of God teaches us about giving, right? We, we see over and over in the word of God about giving, being givers. We see that. And, and with all the, the COVID-19 and the stuff like that, we don't have the offering trays up here. But I put them back out front today. Put them back out front today. And so... What will happen is, is, is you know, if, if you want to give, we have offering envelopes out there. You can give with check or you, we have our uh, trays out here after service. The guys are going to have them so you can they can receive the offering from you or you can go online. We we have a go to the church website, newlifeag.church. You can go click right there and you can set yourself up to, to do online giving. Uh, you can do all that online as well. So we want to continue to be givers. Why? Because the word of God teaches us to give. OK, I, I don't you know me. I don't do this to try to get your money. God's going to bring in everything that we need more and abundantly than we can ever hope or ask. But what I want to do is continue to teach people to be faithful with their giving and with their tithing because I believe it's important. Amen. So today at the end of service, we'll have that out there. Or you can go online and do that as well. So let's pray today and then we're going to stand up and we're going to do some worship.
Uh, y'all better be ready to do some worship today. Because I know we've been ready to do some worship up here. Now, just a reminder, if you get a flag, right, if you get a flag, leave it on your chair when you're done. And because uh, we do spray disinfect those as well with the machine before we put them back. Again, we soak this altar every week so that people can come and get on their knees here. Because I want you to be able to do that stuff. We, guys, we're not stopping serving Jesus. We're not going to stop worshiping him. Right? We're not going to stop. Like one of the things that I, I told the pastors is, is we feel so much heaviness. We feel so much of this stuff coming around us. It just reminds me of the scripture. Put on the garment of praise when the spirit of heaviness comes. So we got praise our way through. The kids, man, let them, let them dance. Let them shout. Let them worship Jesus. They're not going to bother me. I promise you. They're not going to bother me. I, listen, I love watching the kids dance. I love watching them worship. So we're going to have fun today worshiping. I don't know about you, but I don't like boring church. So, all right. So let's stand up this morning. I'm going to get my ears on and we're going to pray. How's that? Father, we thank you that we get to be in your house today. First and foremost, God, I just thank you that we can be in your house, that I can be in your presence today. Through the blood of Jesus, we can be in your presence, boldly coming to the throne of grace and mercy. And Lord, today we want to bring a praise shout to you. We want to honor you, God. We want to love on you. Lord, there is nothing else we need than you. Lord, stimulus checks are great, but they're not you. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in this place. How'd you know that we, we don't function on any agenda but you? We focus on you, God. Lord, I come against any hindrance that would try to stop the worship of your people today. And I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. Receive these gifts that we bring today of our tithes and our offerings and receive this praise, God, that it would be a sweet-smelling aroma to you. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Anybody agree with me this morning? Amen, amen, hallelujah.
Come on. He never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Come on, one more time.
Say it till you mean it. That is who you are. Say it till you believe it. Come on, bring him a praise. You ain't going to stop it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, we worship you, oh God. We worship you, oh God. We worship Jesus. Listen, the devil can't come in and mess with you when you praise him. Y'all know one of my favorite Old Testament stories. They brought in a, a, a prophet to try to curse the children of Israel, and he told them, I can't curse them. There's a shout of a king among them. You can't be cursed when there's a shout of a king amongst you. Jesus.
Come on.
just want to be with you. just want to be with you. We just want to be with you. King of glory, just want to be with you. Just
Come on, let's raise our hands this morning. Jesus, breathe away. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Like a mighty storm, Jesus, stir within my heart. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Come on, sing that again. Come on. raise your hands this morning. Father, we surrender to you. We surrender to your ways and to your will, God. We give it to you, oh Father. We give it all to you, God. We surrender to Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. 
which means we submit our will and our desires and our priorities to you because we're no longer in control of our lives because we've surrendered it to you. Thank you for your spirit, God, blowing through us today and refreshing us. Refreshing us. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. You are amazing, God. Blow through us. Just let that presence just flow through today. Let it flow through you today. song to him this morning. Come on. Come on. Just sing to him. Just love on him this morning. Better get used to it. We've been doing this in heaven for a long time. what you want. I want you to shout praise. Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give somebody a spiritual high five this morning. 
Come on, give them a spiritual high five this morning since we can't go around and love on everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can try to be seated. Lord, have your way. Thank you, Scott. Lord, have your way in the earth. Set this right here where I can see it. Whew. Hallelujah. Again, it is good to see everybody. You know, I get up there playing the computer. Uh, the keyboard and everything, and I, I don't really focus out here too much. And I looked out, and I said, man, there's a whole lot more people came in. <laughs> I don't look out this way a whole lot. You know, I'm, I'm focusing on my music. I'm trying not to get lost because I like to dance behind a piano, and it just don't work being a piano player and dancing at the same time. Uh, I do okay at it, though, but that's all right. So, uh, awesome. Listen, I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to First Samuel. Now, some of the scriptures are in your bulletin. Uh, but I'm going to have to catch us up with where we were, and then I'm going to have to bring you forward. So your homework is to read 1 Samuel, the whole thing. No. Uh, well, that would be great, but uh, 1 Samuel 17 at least. And uh, this is where we're going to kind of start. I said Wednesday I, I went over some of it. Uh, I've got all just about all these scriptures in there. We're going to kind of quickly go through them, though. So I can catch you up to where we are. I, I titled this, What If You Only Had Stones? Right? You know, we're talking about David. And uh, we're, we're going to get into some things, some things that the Lord has just been downloading to me about this. So what if all you had were stones? Right? So I'm going to start reading in 1 Samuel 17, verse 1 right here, uh, just to kind of catch you up where we are. I did put those in there, right? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for the war and assembled at Sokah in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephus. Yeah, I love these words. The men between Sokal and Azekah. I barely speak English. And, and yeah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between. So remember, we've got two opposing forces on top of the mountains looking down at each other. Right here. So here's where we're at. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, come out to the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span. He was a very tall man. Depending on what theolo uh, theologians you look at and through history, he was either like nine foot or like a massive seven foot something. There, there has been a little bit of discrepancy in that through the years because of the different camps that people come from. There was some even said 12 feet. but So either way, this was a huge guy. It doesn't matter if he... Have you ever seen Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, he's, you know, like I'm six foot, so he's here, right? And, and his, I wear like a 10 and a half, he wears like a 23, okay? I don't care who you are. You come up against this guy, just a big guy. So, you know, uh, we don't know exactly because of history, but he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor, a bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and this iron, its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His whew, shield bearer went out ahead of him. So he even had a shield bearer. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up against uh, for battle? Am I not a Philistine, or are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. Now that's verse 8. Now let me stop right here and just kind of make mention of some things. Number one, 
they have chosen their person. So what they're doing is, is they are now taunting Israel, saying, send us out your warrior. We will fight, and whoever wins will be the victor. We don't all have to go to battle against each other. So they're going to send out their person, and if you send yours to me and he loses, you got to serve me. It's just the way it's going to be. Now, to me, this is still an amazing story because the, he is basically telling them who they are, and they don't even realize it, Right? Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul, who was a servant of the Most High God? Aren't we the chosen people? Right? Aren't, isn't that who you are? And you line up for battle against me? Yeah, it, it's just, it's interesting. Look at verse uh, 9. He is able to fight and kill me. We will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Verse 11, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all his Israelites were dismayed and terrified. That's where we stopped. The most powerful army on the face of the earth, serving the one true God, that marched around a city and the walls fell that marched through the Red Sea on dry land, I've been there, it's kind of wide, are now lining up against an army, and they're afraid. Something has happened between here and here. Something has definitely happened. Jump down to verse 16. Now we're going to start getting into where, where we're at today, so I can, I can start bringing some of this stuff to you, because we, we got into some things last Wednesday that, were for today, but I'm going to try to catch everybody up. So look at 16. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Every morning and evening, he stood up there and said that. I defy your God. I defy your God. And every day, they sit there in terror. I want you to jump down real quick to verse 24. I'm just kind of jumping through a little bit because they keep repeating some of the same stuff. And I want you to, to see this. Verse 24. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Again, we're, we're 40 days in and they're still afraid. Verse 25. Look at this. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see this man keep coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. He is, he is basically making them afraid. He is making them afraid. Now, I want to show you something. Don't flip over to this. I think I put it up there for you. Uh, but don't. I put Matthew 4.3 up there, right? Don't flip over to it. I'm going to put it on the screen. This is Matthew 4.3. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. This is after Jesus has been tempted 40 days. We're not tempted, but uh, fasted for 40 days. And now he's coming out onto what they call the the Mount of Temptation, right? And the devil comes to him after 40 days, and he says, if you are the Son of God, so he's questioning who he is. Goliath is questioning who they are. But can I tell you there's a difference between these two stories? Let me make sure I read this properly so, so that I, I, I make sure I get it to you the way the Lord spoke it to me. Jesus fasted 40 days, then the enemy came in and attacked him. After 40 days of hiding, they were still content to hide. Jesus wasn't hiding, was he? He came out. Your enemy, the devil, is afraid 
that you will have the same understanding that Jesus did when he came out. It was through the temptation that the enemy stated who Jesus was. You can either continue to hide. Remember Wednesday? Is he gone? Didn't we walk across the Red Sea? Yeah, but that was different. This is Goliath. He's huge. Right? That's what we're doing. But Jesus comes down after fasting, and the devil comes to him, and he didn't run back and hide, did he? See, the enemy was trying to tell him who he was. In 1 Samuel, right, for 40 days the Philistines came forward every morning and night and took their stand. The Israelites hid from him afraid. Jesus fasted 40 days in Matthew. He faced his temptation, and the enemy told him who he was. If you're the son of God. When we face our tempter, we will learn who God says we really are. If we hide, we will only see who the enemy wants us to be. Let me say that again. If we face our tempter, we will learn who God says we really are. We will only see who the enemy wants us to be. You see, the devil sent Goliath out there because he was huge. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to fight a guy like that. That guy's, I'm not very big compared to this guy. But the thing was, is they were fighting a battle in their own strength. They were not fighting the battle in the Lord's strength. Jesus was not fighting Satan in his strength. He was fighting Satan with the strength of the Lord and with the understanding of who he is in the Lord. You see what I'm saying? When we understand that we are children of God, we are children of God. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of me. When he comes against me and says, well, well, you're only this. Who are you talking to? I know who I am. Or you can get down and hide and say, well, the devil's messing with me again. He sent Goliath. I can't overcome this temptation. Yes, you can. But the question is, are you going to hide from it? Are you going to face it and say, get out of here in the name of Jesus? I'm not bowing to you today. I'm not bowing to you tomorrow because I know who I am. I'm not going to do that. Jump down to verse 28 for me. Then I need to get a little more water. Hallelujah. Ah. Look at this. Verse 28. When Eleb, David's oldest brother, heard David, David has come now. Let me just catch this up. I didn't want to. I said there's so much in there. That's what I'm saying. Go read the whole thing for me. David's dad sent him over there with some food. They've been out there for so long, he sent him with some food so he can feed his brothers. And also, that there's a part in there where you see dad sent some cheese for the commander. And I just think that's funny. Now, I, number one, I like cheese. I really like cheese, right? Cheese is good with extra cheese on it. So, yeah. Okay. Now, here, here's my take on this. This isn't a thus saith the Lord, but I thought it was pretty interesting, right? You know, back in those days, it's not like you went to Walmart and bought cheese, Right? So why send the commander some cheese? I, I think it was almost like, hey, put my boys in the back when, when y'all go out, okay? Here's, here's some cheese. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, hey, listen, Mr. Commander, I'm going to give you some cheese if you send my boys out last. You know? <laughs> That's just my thought in it because I'm like, why send him cheese and food for the, why didn't the boys get the cheese? Anyway, all right. So here we are in verse 28. Because here's David, he's talking now, and, and uh, the brothers are hearing him. So, 
When Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speak with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? His brother's worried about the sheep instead of worried about Goliath. All right, I'm not going to get off track. And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Look at verse 9, 29. Now what have I done, says David? Can't I even speak? You see, if you go in and look, David has been sitting there like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? What are you doing? And here he is speaking truth into the situation. Oh, no. And then what's going to happen? The other people are going to come up and say, are you that conceited? Right? There, there will be people that will not see who you are. They're not going to see it. Are, are you really that person? No, they're not going to say that. Like the devil would do. Are you, if you're really the son of God, right, is your God even real? What's he done for you lately? Right? They're just going to twist everything to try to get your eyes off of who you are and what God's called you to do. Others may not see who you are or what God is trying to do. The question is, what will you do about it? Will you stay silent or will you speak to it? Are you sure you came to Marksville to pastor a church? Are you sure you wanted to? Yeah? I, I remember my pastor in uh, Texas, Pastor Flippo. He, he told the story of God sent him to Beaumont. He knew the church, the whole nine yards. He was ready to go. He resigned. Church refused to have him because there was an interim pastor that refused to step down. The church wanted him. The pastor would not. So he had no money to get there. So what do you do? He said, I made up a mind one day. He said, I was in prayer. And he said, I got up. I told the devil, devil. I'm going to move my family from Muscle Shoals, Alabama to Beaumont, Texas with one red wagon at a time if I have to, but we're going to Texas. I don't care what you do. Well, he got a call. There was a U-Haul truck available. He had no houses down there because when I moved there, which was a little after him, they had just built all the federal prison complexes. They've got huge complexes down there. That's actually where our former Governor Edwards was at one point um, down over there. And they had brought in thousands of workers. There's no homes. Like, like me and Wendy had to live in a hotel for a little while until we could find a place. So he's there. There's no place. What do you do? Do you give up? Nah. He pulled up at this house that he knew was for rent. The lady said she had somebody. He walked out, called her. He says, hey, I'm here. Oh, I'm glad you're here. They just backed out. See, God took care of everything. Because he knew what he was supposed to do, and he knew who he was trusting in. But do we trust that way? No. Okay, let's get back on this verse 30, because I'm, I'm fixing to get into the real good stuff for you. Here's where we're going to get interesting in, into the application part. Verse 30. So David turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him back. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, the king, and Saul sent for him. Let me turn this off and see what happens. No, now I done turned it off. Jesus. Technology. Look at verse 32. David said to Saul. Now, who's Saul? The king of Israel at this time, right? Okay, we're standing in the court of the king. I want you to see what he said. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. The little shepherd boy. 
who's standing in front of the king of the army who's been here for 40 days, who saw his known battle, David is known sheep. David watches sheep. He doesn't wield a sword, doesn't have a set of armor, standing in front of the king. I love this. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. It's very conceited to me. But here's the thing. He had boldness because he knew who God was. He knew who his God was. Not just God, but his God. Because as you continue to read, you will see that he fought the bear and he fought the lion. I don't have a big sword. But what I got, I was able to feed them things. Look at verse verse 33 right here. Look at Saul. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from the youth. Look. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned to me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Is this a warrior speaking, or is this a man with trust speaking because he has trusted in situations? How many times do we trust in the situation? He's not a warrior. He's just a guy that watches sheep. But look at, look at verse 36, what he says. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This Philistine is no different in his mind because he has watched God take care of him here. He will watch God take care of him here. His servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, this unbelieving, right? Uncircumcised means he was not a follower of God. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. A shepherd states the very fact that all these warriors should have known. When you go into battle, you need to know who you are. If you question who you are, you will run at the first shot. You know, I heard a, an older military guy say this one time. He said, there's no atheist in a foxhole. There's no atheist in a foxhole. When the bullets start flying, everybody's praying. Are we praying or are we trying to hide? Right, like I said the other day, when the battle comes on, you don't just, uh, y'all hold on a second, y'all hold the ground, I got to go, you know, I got to go pray. I got to go pray. Yeah, but we, yeah, you'll be, here's my bullets, I'll be back in a little while, I got to go, I got to go pray and fast. I got to go pray and fast. And I think that's where a lot of us are. I think we're stuck right there. And I keep saying this because I'm trying to stir some things in you. Yes, we're going to do three days of prayer and fasting. But if all we do is pray and pray and fast and don't stand up and fight the enemy, then what's going to happen is, is he's going to keep coming in taking ground. We can take ground through prayer, yes. But there's a point where you've got to stand up and you've got to move. You've got to do something with it. The church cannot remain silent any longer. We have hid for so many years saying, we're just going to pray about it. We're 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 going to pray about it. But the word says that you got to anoint with oil means there's action behind it. 
The word tells us that where any two or more gather together, yes, we're gathered together, but we're doing something. Faith without works is dead. David is showing us the fact that he is willing to walk out into a battle with no military training because nobody else wants to. Why? Because he trusts God. He trusts God. Look at verse 37. And I won't finish all this today, but that's okay. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion. See, this is the boldness where you've got to be, right? With, with, you know, with, with sickness. You know what? God's delivered me from this already. God's delivered me from this already. He's delivered me from this already, right? The word tells us that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What is your testimony? It's what God has done, right? When I first got saved and, and money times were tight and things were falling apart and Jaws was going to eat my life, it felt like, and, and I didn't know what to do, and, and I was scared of Jaws as a kid, so if y'all don't know that, that's why I said that. But you know what I said? God, I know you're no respecter of person. How do I know that? I learned that about him right here in this word. And what you did for somebody else, it says you'll do for me because I trust you. And number one, I'm a tither. Number two, I'm a giver. Number three, I, I submit myself to you as my Lord. Number four, as my Savior. And I remember a time where you said you took care of Pastor Flippo. When he didn't have any money, you brought it to him. I can remember a day when my child was sick and we didn't have money to go to the doctor. We didn't have no health care. We didn't have any of that. And we prayed. And we prayed. And that fever broke. And guess what? The fever came back. And we prayed again. And we prayed. The fever broke. And it came back. And finally, I was like, I done had enough. Done stands all I could stands and can't stands no more. Right? And we prayed again. And I was like, devil, don't you mess with my baby again. And it broke. See, we overcome by the word of our testimony, but what have we allowed God to do in our lives? Well, I don't have to trust God. I make plenty of money. Trust him in some other areas. You see, the American church has allowed ourselves to, to fall prey of the very things we live. We live in such a nice society. Yes, it's got problems. But come on, we don't walk five miles to go to church and sit on the dirt in an unair conditioned building. I can guarantee you there are churches that if all four air conditions go out, they are not having church today. Can I tell you, if we don't have power, we still going to have church. Why? Because church is us. Church is the Holy Spirit. It's, we've got to allow God to do things in our lives. It's just like the song. If I'd never had a problem, I'd never know how my God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in him could do. David has faith in God, even though he has never addressed this situation oh, well the bible doesn't tell me how to deal with that well I, i'm just looking at this right david has never faced a giant that's a warrior he knows his god though don't defy me i know who my god is right you know some of you may accept this and may not but you know i, I was sleeping Two nights ago, and I felt somebody walk in my house. So I wake up, and I see these dark figures walking in my bedroom. And I was like, you got to go. I knew it was a spiritual thing. I knew it. My home is in order. Our property has been walked. It has been dedicated. I don't own any of that. God brings me the money, and I pay the note. That's his property. It's his home. 
That's his. Our, our, our household is in line according to the word of God. I'm the man of the house, right? My wife submits to me as the man of her house. I don't lord over her. I love her as Christ loves the church, our children. So if a, if a spirit tries to come into the house, all I did was, you guys are in the wrong house. And it's like I could sense them just laughing. It's like, no, you're in the wrong house. Number one, you're trespassing because God owns this property. Number two, God owns this house. And number three, God owns me. I'm bought with the blood. So all I did was say, God, I thank you for your angel armies. And I thank you that you're releasing them now to fight on my behalf. Because I've got trespassers in my home. Lord, I released those armies. And immediately it was a flash in my bedroom, just white flash. And I felt it as almost his presence just, just And I went back to sleep. And I woke up a little bit later and I was like, and I went back to sleep. Listen, when, when we understand who we are, I didn't get to that happen in one day. God brought me through a process where I learned to trust him through situations. Let me, let me finish this up real quick so at least I can get down to this part because it's getting late. I don't want to go too much longer for you. Verse 37. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Look at that. And then Saul says to David, go and let the Lord be with you. Remember what I said at the very beginning? Whoever wins this battle, the other ones will have to submit. Here you have a king that is trained in battle, has fought battles with all of these warriors, and the king is now realizing something. David, you go and let the Lord be with you. He is going to let a shepherd boy fight for them. <laughs> I still think that's amazing. I'm, I'm, Bentley, I'm not letting you fight for me, bro. I'm just telling you now. Right? If, if, if it's, you know, if I got to fight with somebody and, and, and Bentley's like, I'll go, I'm just not going to do it. Right? But I think Saul saw something here that says, this is how we're supposed to be. And he remembers who God is, and we just don't seem to. Because if you look at verse 38, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Look at verse 39. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go out in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. You must not allow them to put their armor on you. You can only win with what you have seen God train you in. Let me say that again. You must not allow them to put their armor on you. You can only win when you use what God, I, have trained you to fight with. God has trained you to fight with so many things. Sometimes it's on your knees in prayer. Sometimes it's with the word of God. And sometimes you just got to stand up and give them some five-fold ministry. <laughs> Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And you put them all together and you just... We've got to learn to fight. I remember a time when I was in recruiter in the Navy and I was going to get in my car and I had just put this, th this, this young lady was going to a ship for the Navy. She was in the passenger seat. And as I was walking around the, the car to put my stuff in, she was there. And I look up and I see this guy that's done looking, just like staring at me. And he's walking across the parking lot. And he's just beelining at me. And I'm like, this is weird. And I'm just watching at this point. I was fixing to get in my car, and now he's on the other side. There's one more car. And I felt the Holy Spirit starting to rise up inside of me. 
And he starts walking. And he pulls out a knife. And I look at him. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you come out of him right now and you leave. You will not harm them. Turn around and start walking. Boy, that was crazy. But you know what? Something inside me said, I need to do this. I don't know what that guy was going to do if he was going to hurt somebody else. I have no idea. I could have got in my car, but I felt what the Lord had inside of me in that battle. But again, that battle didn't start there. I learned how to fight in the spirit many, many, many years before that. I learned how to fight in the spirit long before I ever had to deal with it like this. You see what I'm saying? So if you will allow God to start training you, when you step into the battle, you will have what it takes to come against what the enemy is doing. But the problem is we won't learn it there, so we come into the battle and we think, I'm overwhelmed, and we run, or we hide, or we use an excuse, like, I'm just going to do some more prayer and fasting. And God is saying, I have sent you to take the land. Go take the land. They could have remained on the other side of the Jordan, but they would have never got the land. If we only stay on this side, we will lose our community. If we're not out there on the streets, loving on people, spreading the gospel, even in this time, we will lose our community to the devil. We will lose our schools. We will lose our businesses. We will lose the jailhouses. We will lose the neighborhoods. Just because COVID-19 does not mean we run and hide. What it does is we say, God, show me a better way. Show me another way of reaching my community. Because people are still dying and going to hell even with COVID. We have a commission as the body of Christ to reach the lost. We need to reach them. We need to love them. We need to train them. We need to do everything we can. We need to pray more than ever as we're out doing these things. Because our children are fixing to go back to school. And we need to continue to pray that the leaders know what to do. That the finances are there that the teachers are there, everybody's on board, and that they're protected. And as our businesses open up, we need to pray the same thing, right? Because these business owners, they, they need us to go and pray for them and say, hey, what can I do for you right now? Can I, can I encourage you to continue to do? Can I help you? See, they need us. Why? Because there is no hope out there without Jesus Christ. No hope. None. How am I going to pay the bills? I don't know. I, I, I pray we get another stimulus check. No. I'm going to pray that my God is going to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Or, or as the joke is, Daddy, I know you owe the cattle on a thousand hills. Can you sell a couple? I kind of need something. Guys, we've got to be about the Father's business even in a time of pandemic. Even in a time of pandemic. Because here's the thing. Look at verse 45, and I'm going I'm to shut this down for you. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. And look at verse 45. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Look at that. Defied. This day the, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. There it is, guys. When you step up in the name of Jesus Christ, there's nothing that stops you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, he'll raise up a standard against them. 
But can I tell you, the enemy is not going to come in like a flood when you're sitting on the back row hiding. A complacent believer is no threat to him. A believer that doesn't know the word is no threat. Just like the Philistine did not see David as a threat. But can I flip down to verse 55? I want to show you this as I, I shut this down for today for you. I just found this interesting. This verse really should have been further back up, but it was just the way the storyline was written. As Saul watched David go out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, who is his servant, commander of the army, whose son is that young man? Abner replied, as surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. The king has done sent somebody out to go to battle for him. He don't even know who he is. The devil may not know who you are, but he knows who's inside you. And he knows what name is stamped on you because you are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit of God. And I truly believe that the enemy can see the potential on us. It's the spirit moving in our lives. And that's when we become a threat. Just remember, like my Pastor Flippo had a million of these. You never butt heads with people when you're going the same direction. If you're, if you're never feeling anything from the enemy, you may want to ask yourself, am I going the same direction or the opposite direction, right? And when you're trying to swim upstream, sometimes you get tired. And sometimes some branches hit you. He had a million of those things. But they're all relevant. It doesn't matter if, if anybody knows who you are. God knows who you are. God has a purpose for your life. Listen, he didn't die on the cross for nothing. He died on the cross, so number one, your sins can be forgiven. Number two, so he can have a relationship with you. Number three, you can get to heaven one day. But number four, you can fulfill his work on earth. And as I've said before, if our only reason for getting saved is to go to heaven, then we should immediately drop dead after we say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Because then we would get there, and you know, but that's not what happens. He has a purpose for us. And we need to fulfill his calling, guys. Fulfill his purpose on earth. Amen. So listen, I want to pray for us today. Uh, Wednesday, I'll get into some of this other stuff for you as well. Oh, I went a little bit long today, but that's okay. We'll still beat the Baptists. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I am a Baptist Catholic hostel, so. My birth certificate said Baptist, but I didn't grow up in church. I did my Catholicism classes to convert. When me and my wife got married in the Catholic Church, but we never attended the Catholic Church, and then I started attending a Pentecostal Church, so I'm a Baptist Catholic hostel. I'm, I'm kind of like a Cajun. I'm just a, a mixture of all kind of things. <laughs> That's all right. I love Jesus. That's all that matters. So, listen, let me pray for us today. Guys, I, I just, again, I want to keep encouraging you that we've got to continue to be about the Father's business. And, and I was talking to somebody yesterday. It's like everything seems to fit COVID nowadays. It does. I'm like, I can't find a story that doesn't fit. Why? Because this thing is just all around us, and it's putting pressure on us. It's tempting us. It's, it, it's becoming the very thing that, you know, like the mark of the beast at one point, and then it's this. And, you know, I mean, we, we can label anything we want. But it is a fight that we must fight. Because as I heard somebody say the other day, the real danger of all of this is that the church has given up a lot of freedoms and a lot of rights. And we won't get them back. So what happens if next month they decide the church can no longer meet, which is what they tried to do in California? What if they say that? 
we've got to be ready to fight outside of the building, even if we can never step foot in here again. And what if they outlaw this? You've got to know this thing so you can fight. You can fight. Because, again, there's people out there that need us. Amen? They need us. They need us to be full of the Holy Spirit and full of His Word to go out and do what God has called us. So let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for, again, Your presence today is just so amazing. Lord, we thank You for Your Word and, and how much it teaches us and that it's alive and, and that it is forever unfolding in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, even if all we have to fight with is stones, we will step into the battle that you send us to. We're not going to step into battles we shouldn't. We will walk into that battle even if it's just stones, knowing that you will be victorious. Because we know it's you fighting the battle. All these battles in our lives are you fighting, not us. They're you. Lord, thank you for watching over us as your children. Thank you for continuing to protect us from this virus, God. Give our bodies the strength, which you've already designed it into us. Give us the strength to fight off this virus. And Lord, I pray that you would just dissolve this virus from the air and just remove it from your people, God. Remove it from the world. Remove it, God. But Lord, even if it stays, give us the boldness and the strength through the power of your Holy Spirit to preach the gospel and to reach those that are hurting and lost and are dying every day so that we may fulfill your commission on this earth. And Lord, I thank you for these people, and I bless them today. I bless their homes with peace, prosperity. All their needs shall be met in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for what you're doing in us in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree this morning, say amen with me. Amen, amen. amen. Well, listen, guys, God bless you. Remember, put your mask on as you're going out. Don't hang out too long and love on everybody. We've got the offering plates outside if you have an offering.